This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. Seven meatballs, and I'm ready to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Good night. All right. That was our show for this week. Next. Uh, all right. So, um, meatballs. Is Bill Murray going to be our guest this week? <laughs> Well, so why are we talking about meatballs today? Uh, meatballs are tasty. Uh, they're bite-sized, they're meaty, they are delicious when done right, and that doesn't always happen. I have a philosophical question for you. Okay. So I happen to know that you don't really care for meatloaf. I don't. So why do you like meatballs? What's the difference between meatballs and meatloaf? I think it has to do, well, partly the size... Because uh, they're cute. Uh, yeah, there's they're a little. Yeah, you you were just talking to the meatballs. You, you said they were handsome little buddies or something. Uh, <laughs> partly the size, and then partly you know meatloaf is always cooked in uh, you know in a hot oven, uh, whereas uh, meatball can be braised in sauce, and it's uh, it you know it can come out so much juicier than any meatloaf. I this think. is that's true. So we've uh, we made a couple of kinds of meatballs, uh, and we ate them, and we're going to tell you about them. Um, let's let's go through let's go through our meat. Meatball philosophy, starting with uh, starting with the meat. How about that? What do you think of that? So, um, you know, for the the meatballs that I'm going to be discussing today, I used pork and beef. But the truth is, and, and and we're talking here about like a spaghetti and meatball kind of meatball. Yeah. Um, but the truth is, if I'm making spaghetti and meatballs, and if I can get some ground veal, my ideal is to do the holy trinity of beef, veal, and pork. Your veal you get, ideal. Yeah, my veal ideal. I think you get lots of tenderness and flavor with that combination. I, I totally agree, yeah. And you get, uh, I mean, veal has, it contributes like a gelatinous, that doesn't sound good. It contributes It contributes body that neither of the other meats do. Tenderness. Body doesn't sound good either. Tenderness. Okay, what you said. What about uh, you? My, uh, the meatball that I made today was made with uh, 100% ground chicken. Weird. Um, Is that like a diet meatball? Well, almost, almost 100%. No, it's uh, chicken thighs. I didn't trim the fat off first. And it's, uh, it's really just because uh, the flavor works well for this kind of Mediterranean meatball. You know, um, I, uh, while, we're, while we're talking about different meats, I also love a good lamb meatball. Oh, so do I. But I do a very different thing with it than I do with my usual pork and, and, and beef or pork, beef and veal meatball. Um, there's a recipe in my book 
um, that is is a riff on a recipe given to me by my friend Daron, and it's a meatball that you can use um, ground lamb or ground turkey in. Okay. And it's got kind of crazy flavors. You put a little bit of cumin in it, some golden raisins, cilantro, pine nuts. It gets pan cooked, and then you eat it with a yogurt sauce. Yeah, so when, it's very Mediterranean slash, you know, sort of Eastern Mediterranean. Eastern Mediterranean. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, Middle Eastern. Yeah, because when I think lamb meatball, like my mind starts to wander in the in the direction of uh, kibbe. Um, the Orient, your mind wanders. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, my mind takes a trip on the Orient Express, and I have to solve a murder. Uh, you know, kibbe, uh, meat, uh, lamb with uh, ground lamb with bulgur wheat. Uh, you know, it's basically a kind of meatball. It's great. You yeah, know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Delicious in pita. And, and that, I think, uh, you know, introduces the, the topic of, uh, you know, you can't make a good meatball with just meat. It will, be, it will be leaden. It will probably be dry. You need something else in there as, as a binder, uh, a flavoring yeah. agent. A... I can't help feel like we're almost doing a meatloaf show here. No, we aren't. Because, because, <laughs> because this philosophy holds true, whether you're doing a meatloaf or a meatball, you need some sort of a, a binder, but you also need... Uh, um, I don't know. I, I tend to think you, you need like an egg type thing uh-huh. as a binder, yep. but you also need a, a binder in the form of like a, a starch. You need some breadcrumbs, yep. maybe some ground up oats. Uh, yeah. You could use, you can use what, like pulverized saltines even. I've oh, heard. sure. You know what my favorite egg type thing is? What? An egg. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I, um, I like, uh, I like breadcrumbs in a meat. <laughs> Don't don't encourage me. Go on. I like breadcrumbs in a meatball. I like um, bread uh, that has been soaked in milk and kind of mushed up. Yeah, that's why that I works did really. Mine. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like a lot of it. Um, I, I feel like a really You're good a meatball. You're a filler man. Not not in general, but when it. <laughs> What would it mean to be a filler man in general? Um, I, feel like, I feel like if we were really classy here, we would cut to like Nina Simone's sinner man. Oh, yeah. If we were really classy, we would say a filler man is a man who sees a hole and just has to fill it. Uh, <laughs> Go anyway, on. Talk I about think, your th- filler. Right, so uh, a meatball with great texture. I feel like you put in, you want to put in enough starch, enough filler until until you can just barely form it into, into a meatball. Really? Why? Yeah, Why? I do. Because... Then it just has that perfect melt in your mouth texture. Huh. Interesting. It is true that the I guess the meat is what gives it the the density and could give it heaviness or right. stodginess. The and, filler is helping to break up the texture. Yeah, and meat has plenty of flavor. It's still gonna taste like meat even if it's like forty percent filler. Right. Well, so what else do you use? So you've got your sort of starchy filler, you've got your egg type thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, flavoring agent. I mean, garlic or onion, I think is required. Mm -hmm. Um, if you do onion, um, I feel really strongly that you, you you either need to pre-cook it or, um, I, I usually make meatballs in a food processor. And if you food process the onion together with the meat, it gets chopped into small enough pieces that it doesn't do that thing where the onion pieces cook and fall out and leave holes in the meatball, which is really gross. Anyone? (laughs) I know what you mean. And then there's a hole and you have to fill it. I don't know why it's gross. It's, I mean, the onion pieces, you get, you know, you can cook onion in certain ways that, uh, that lead to a really unsavory result, and that's one of them. Hmm, okay. you know, and I say this as someone for whom onion is my favorite ingredient, period, but you can really screw it up, and that's one way. I think you can screw it up by putting big chunks of it, raw onion, into a meatball. Yeah, yeah. I, nobody likes to bite down on a chunk of raw onion. 
I mean, nobody that I know. Yeah. Uh, what about, you know, what about herbs? In meatballs, I, I would have to say parsley is my favorite herb. Yeah, me too, um, me too. I think parsley is so underrated. Parsley tastes so great. It, it, and we're talking, it, we're talking like flat leaf parsley, yeah. Italian parsley, not but, curly parsley. But if I only had <laughs> access to curly parsley, I would certainly go ahead and use it. I think any parsley is good. I don't know how parsley got a reputation for being something flavorless. Or something that you just put on a plate and stare at. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to the next step. All right. How do you mix your meatball? Because, because <laughs> you know, when anytime you're working with, with a ground meat like this, you don't want to overwork it. It will get tough. Right. I think, well, a couple things. First of all, uh, the, the meatballs I made today, I did make in the food processor. Uh, I processed most of the ingredients together and then stirred in the egg and the breadcrumbs uh, after that. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think if you've got the right components, the right structure to your meatball, you'd have to work pretty hard to overwork it. Um, I think when, when people talk about overworking ground meat, like for a burger or something, you, you don't want fillers in a burger. And because there's no fillers, you have to be really careful not to overwork it or it gets tough and dry and weird. Mm. When you've got those those fillers adding body and moisture, I think it's you'd have to really go ape on that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. I mix mine by hand. So you just get all in there by hand and just like goosh that stuff around? I do. And I've actually started mm-hmm. keeping a box of latex gloves in the kitchen uh. for, this, for this purpose. So what I do is I use a technique that I call the claw. <laughs> and I learned it from, um, from the owners of Cafe Lago here in Seattle. Okay. From uh, Jordi Velatas is, is his name, the one who actually taught it to me. Carla Leonardi is also Sadly born with claws, but has made the most of it. He has made the most of it. And boy, he makes a nice meatball. Um, Jordi taught me that. So basically, so hold up your hand. Okay. Okay. I'm holding it. Now make a claw shape with it. Like you're going to scratch my eyes out. Okay. So see how your fingers are tensed? Yeah. I, can't, I can't do it without making that noise. Like as soon as I had to stop clawing, curling my fingers into the claws, because I knew I was going to make a noise and interrupt you. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So, so, so you, you want to, you know, you don't want to totally, you know, clench your fingers. But anyway, make a claw shape with your fingers nice and tensed. Well, now you stick that claw shape in your bowl of meatloaf stuff and you move it all around. You stir with it and it is... You were just singing and, the hokey pokey. <laughs> it's an, it's Subconsciously. An, it's an incredibly effective tool. And I have since learned that I, I think this is also sort of an Asian grandmother technique. Oh, for like dumpling I, for fillings? For dumpling yeah. filling, yeah. Oh. So um, I think it, it's also when you're working with your hands, there's almost no way to overdo it. Yeah. And you also can really quickly feel the way the ingredients are coming together. Let me tell you, so, when I'm working with my hands, I never <laughs> overdo it. <laughs> I am exhausted by you today. (laughs) um, I'm a filler man. What can I say? Let's talk about how we cook these meatballs. Uh, Yes. Okay. Yeah, because because, uh, the way you cook a meatball has such a powerful effect on the end result. How do you like to cook a meatball? what, What are the methods, maybe? Well, so, you know, there's, you can pan fry it from start to finish. Yep. Okay. You can get some color on it in a pan and then add some liquid. So sort of the braising technique. Yep. Or you can simmer it in your sauce, so it never never really gets any browning. I'm going to add a couple more. You can uh, you can bake it. Oh, that's um, true. Can... I've I've done the Alton Brown baking in a mini muffin tin. Have you ever interesting? Done that? No, I have not. Alton Brown has you take meatballs, which it, in Alton Brown style, he has had you 
portion them using a scale so that each one of your meatballs is exactly the same size. That sounds like the sort of thing I, w- I thought about doing that today I when was, I was forming my meatballs, but I didn't. I was wondering meatballs, if you might have done that. Anyway, you shape them into a round and then you stick each one in the well of a mini muffin tin. And I think his reasoning is that when you put that in the oven, the there is more sort of hot Surface, metal yeah. Yeah, surrounding your meat and you're going to get maybe better browning, quicker cooking. I like that. The, uh, I the, tried it. I didn't love it. There's only one recipe I can think of where I've made oven-baked meatballs and it came out really well. Um, it, you have to be really careful. They, they dry out really easily. All the fat and juices run out onto the pan, which, which is a point in favor of the mini muffin pan. The one I do like is uh, a Rick Bayless recipe. I believe it is in his book, Mexican Every Day for uh, Chipotle Meatballs. And it's really mm. simple. You use uh, panko as the breadcrumbs. use uh, canned uh, chipotles in adobo. Uh, and uh, then you form it into into meatballs. You bake it on a sheet. Um, you serve it with a chipotle tomato sauce. It's great. That sounds terrific. Well, so I, you know, that lamb meatball recipe I mentioned earlier, right. that I do in a skillet from start to finish. And it does have a bit of a meatloafy texture. It can be a little bit dry. You have to be careful. Are they pretty small? Because I feel like with the, the pan, the pan sauteing, uh, like if you tried to do like a big two inch meatball, yeah. it would take all night. These are uh, like not larger than an inch and a half. So I think they're sort of just about right for me. Oh, I can see you're going to say something. Well, what, what size of meatball do you like? I kind of like it on the small side, like yeah. an inch and a half. Um, I do too. The ones, the ones I made, which <laughs> God, I can't believe you just let that one pass. You t- see, you you Jeez. jinxed me because you said you said I was being tiresome, <sighs> um, and so and so like just I'm gonna I'm gonna serve play it, you a beautiful one. And I'm gonna you let play it, it straight go, okay. for the rest of the show just to punish you and the listeners. I maybe that's not a punishment. <laughs> Uh, I like a smaller meatball, too. I like a meatball that I can just stick a whole meatball in my mouth. On the other hand, the meatballs <laughs> I made were a little bigger than that because they're made to be eaten uh, on their own, like with a even, fork. I don't even know how to do this show if I'm not <laughs> supposed to be listening for every raunchy joke you tell. God. I didn't. <laughs> anyway, hey, so so uh, let's, you know, now that we're talking about cooking methods, I think we've really covered it here. Let's okay. talk about what we did today. Thank God. God. Can I go first? Yeah. All right. I made uh, this recipe that originated with Lynn Rosetto Casper. Um, it is, uh, it is. Uh, I think she originally called it something like sweet and sour meatballs. Um, it is a meatball made with chicken, spinach, and pepperoni blended together. It sounds kind of ridiculous. It's, uh, it's great. So you blend those things together. You add breadcrumbs. You add Parmigiano-Reggiano. You add lemon zest. And I, I've, I've, like, messed with every single aspect of her recipe except for the chicken, pepperoni, uh, spinach triumvirate. Uh, and then you uh, make a sweet and sour sauce with uh, white wine, uh, vinegar, sugar, chicken broth. And uh, bra- you sear the meatballs in the pan. You braise them in that sauce, and uh, it's great. Totally different from a classic spaghetti and meatballs recipe. You can certainly serve it with spaghetti. What I love about it is that it is so n- not the traditional Italian meatball that yeah. we think of here in the states. And I really love that the ingredients are really interesting, but really harmonious in a way that you kind of can't tell what the heck's going on in there, but you want to keep eating more of it. Right. No, it's kind of crazy. I mean, lemon zest, cinnamon. So do you eat it with pasta? What do you do with these meatballs? Um, I sometimes eat them with pasta. They make a really good meatball sandwich, uh, and uh, they're really fine just eaten on their own off a plate. You know, it's it's got meat, it's got vegetables, it's got bread, it is dinner. 
I think what I would say about both of our meatballs today is that they're really flavorful but delicate. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah. a meatball that, you know, you can you can kind of poke at it with your finger and it'll fall apart for you. Yeah. Well, so my meatball is is very tender. My meatball gets cooked start to finish in sauce. So it is the <laughs> ultimate in tenderness. Which so wait. stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but but that that uh, that Missy Elliott song, my meatball's very tender. It's such a great song. You know, my meatball brings all the boys yeah, to the yard. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I couldn't think of Kellis, so I said mm. Missy Elliott. Okay. So anyway, um, so my meatballs. Um, I mentioned Cafe Lago earlier. It's a restaurant here in Seattle. It's been around for like twenty years. I was taught how to make this meatball by um, by one of the owners. His name is Jordy Veladas. Mr. Claw, they call him. Mr. Claw. <laughs> he doesn't really have claws. Jordy, if you're listening, I'm sorry. And this is a family recipe uh, for him. Um, the recipe is originally Calabrian, I believe. And it uses um, either beef and pork or beef, pork, and veal, plus Parmesan cheese, ideally grated on the rasp side of your box grater. Oh, yeah. So it's so like it's very powdery. powdery. Yeah. Um, minced parsley egg, fresh breadcrumbs that you soak in milk for about 10 minutes and then sort of squeeze out. Sure. Salt, pepper, garlic. Anyway, and then I use a, a different sauce from the, the Lago one. I use my very favorite tomato sauce, which is Marcella Hazan's tomato sauce with butter and onion. Such a great sauce. Such a good sauce. And you simmer the meatballs in there for 15 to 20 minutes or so until they're done. And uh, toss that with spaghetti. It is really, um, uh, like, uh, not to get sappy here, but there is nothing that makes me feel sort of taken care of, like spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, and, oh, that, that is such a great recipe. I uh, it, It's become my go-to spaghetti and meatball recipe because I played with a bunch of different ones and never found one where I felt like the meatballs harmonized with the spaghetti. And in this one, they do because, you know, they're simmered in that sauce. The butteriness of the sauce helps bring everything together. They're ultra tender. you got to try this. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, I feel like I feel <sighs> like a meatball right now. I feel quite tender and like I'm going to fall apart. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. All right. <clears throat> uh, find our meatball recipes. We're going to post the uh, the Cafe Lago meatballs and the chicken and spinach meatballs at spilledmilkpodcast.com. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash spilledmilkpodcast. If you like the show, uh, tell your friends. If uh, you have a friend who loves meatballs be sure to tell them. Mm -hmm. If you know Bill Murray, be sure and tell him to listen. Mm -hmm. Really big into meatballs. Thanks uh, for listening to Spilled Milk. The show that's heading to summer camp. Uh, that's as far as I got with that one. <laughs> <laughs> the show that's coming after you with a claw. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I'm Matthew Afterburton. And I'm Molly Weisenberg. Uh, if you got a hole, we'll fill it. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do a different joke? Okay, all right. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 